Hey everyone, welcome to the V1 Church Podcast. Podcast listeners are a different breed. They are the ones who want to learn, who want to dive deeper in scripture, who want to get to know God. They put this on while they get ready for work in the morning. They put this on as they're commuting to work. They put this on while they're doing the dishes. I don't know your story, but I know you are here because you are hungry. So let's learn the word together. I have a question though before we jump into this sermon. Do you have toxic, tormenting, negative thoughts? Do you doubt yourself? Do you replay things from your past that you've struggled in or failed in? This sermon is for you. I've already had so many testimonies flood in. So what I want you to do right now is just keep this thing on autopilot. Keep keep it playing loud in your headphones or your Amazon Alexa or maybe your Google Home, whatever you use. And I will see you on the other side of this sermon with a very special message. Well, hey, V1 Church, welcome to service today. Can we just take a second, wherever you're watching around the world, I dare say, even if you are alone, this is gonna be weird, but I wanna give you permission to just celebrate right now and welcome everyone who's watching around the world. So can we make a little bit of noise? (laughs) Come on, get loud. You know, uh, we are here in this space that really is going to be transformed into kids' space here in the next couple weeks. And I'm laughing at like how ridiculous this season has been. Typically, we've been in this warehouse on the other side. If you see, it looks like a warehouse right now at least. And you may be thinking like, well, I thought they had this cool, vibey setup. Why why does it not look as cool? Um, We are actively working on our space. So thank you so much for giving and sowing and believing that we're going to build a better broadcast location here within the next several weeks. Um, This series, Toxic, has been amazing. And I am going to give you what the Lord has burdened me with to give you today. I believe that you're on a divine appointment. As a matter of fact, there's many more who should be here right now, but they're not. And if you will share this broadcast just right now in the beginning of my sermon, I believe that the algorithms will work for Jesus for a few moments. So hit that share button, tag some friends in there that you know who've been going through relationship problems, who have maybe been beating themselves up with their own voice of condemnation. Maybe they've been partnering with the enemy and you've been hearing one of your friends get really negative in this season. How many of you know that sometimes when people are in pain, they're a little agitated and a little frustrated. So let's not deal with things on a surface level as a church. If somebody's been annoying you or maybe they've been agitated, tag them because maybe they just need a healing moment with the Father today. Come on, do you feel the presence of God here already? You know, we're just straight up in the headquarters in a blizzard, but we are a global church. We're a family and God's got a word for you. Now it is Valentine's Day. Somebody watching right now is panicking because you just realized you forgot. (laughs) There's still time. There's still time. Make make a homemade gift and just say you wanted to do something special if you already forgot to buy something. I'm just helping you. But I want to give you guys a couple of jokes. And I want to start by saying these are cliches. Do not send me an email. Please do not try to help me understand how I just uh, spoke right into gender cliches or whatever. But it's funny. So laugh a little bit. It's Valentine's Day. I thought this one was hilarious. Arguing with a woman is like reading the software license agreement. In the end, you ignore everything and you just click, I agree. Can I get an amen from any wives in the comments right now? 
Okay, don't be mad. Don't send me your emails. I know these are jokes. These are jokes. Here's another one. If a woman says, if she starts off with the phrase, first of all, during any argument, immediately run away because she's prepared research, data, charts, and she will absolutely destroy you if you try to engage. So if you hear that phrase, first of all, it's over for you, homie. I'm sorry. (laughs) But come on, how many of you know that there's this, remember this old song, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Pretty sure those words were penned by Lucifer himself to try to convince us that words don't have power. I actually would argue that um, it's easier to put a cast on a broken bone than it is to undo the damage from words. And that's because God designed words and our ability to use words to bring literal life or death Right now, guess what? I am so excited because my words are being translated into Spanish and a whole Spanish-speaking community is already emerging here at V1 Church. As a matter of fact, you might be noticing that this is also being translated in ASL because we love the deaf community and the hard of hearing and we believe that no matter what form the words come through, you, you matter to God. You matter to V1 Church. I may not speak your language, but we found someone who does to let you know that you matter to us and you matter to God. And I wanna start with this scripture that many of you know. The tongue has the power of life and death. This is Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. The tongue has the power of life and death. The power of life and death. And I believe that we have been in such a season of division people have used their words on social media, have sent you text messages. Some of you have been shocked and appalled at what your friends have become during this season. Maybe you have even had an argument that you've engaged in that took you to a place you didn't think you were capable of. Can anyone just get honest and say, you got me, pastor? I know I've been there. And it's been a really trying time, but I wanna define for you toxic. What does that truly mean? Anything containing poisonous material capable of causing serious sickness or even death, toxic. What does that mean? So some of you are dealing with these situations where things were said to you, things were told to you, maybe things that you repeat to yourself that align with this version of toxic, this definition. Anything containing poisonous material capable of causing serious sickness or even death, Have you ever had a conversation with someone that when it was over, you felt physically sick? You were like, oh, or you kind of heard something that just the news of that made you physically sick. I believe that God wants to teach you through this series, the wisdom of God. James chapter one, verse five, and we've been taking some extra time to hover over that scripture, says that if we ask God for wisdom, he will give it to us generously. And the Bible says without reproach to all who ask. And as we've been seeking the wisdom of God over this church, for the unity of this church, the wisdom of God over our marriages, for for the unity of our marriages, the wisdom of God in business, for the unity of our teams. God has been generously giving wisdom to all who ask. 
And I believe that he wants to show us in his word how to actually speak life. So look at this, this verse, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. Reckless words, they pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. One of the greatest evidences that you have that you're wise is that your words heal. And when people leave a conversation with you, did it pierce them like a sword or did it actually heal them like a balm? And I believe that, you know, right now people are desperately in search of churches and communities. And, and, and you know, it's not that people don't want to work. They just don't want to work for a toxic boss. It's not that people don't want to go to church. It's just that they don't want to be led by a toxic pastor. And so we have to first examine ourselves. It's not like people don't want to be married. It's just that they were already in a toxic relationship that wounded them so deeply. I've got a Valentine's Day message for somebody right now prophetically. You know, I hear a lot of people say, oh, I, I was married, I was divorced, I never wanna try it again. Um, I love being single, but deep down inside, you know that you've been nursing a wound because of the words that were spoken over your physical body, because the words that were spoken about your personality, and sometimes things are spoken to us that change and alter the perspective of who we think we are. And then we say, we even lie to ourselves and we try to get so comfort, comforted in our woundedness that it keeps us in that place. And we'll even lie to ourselves so much. Well, I don't ever want to be in a relationship again. I love being single. And you rehearse those words, I love being single until they get louder than the wound that's crying out inside of you that says, I truly know that I shouldn't be alone. And so maybe you're watching this and God's freeing you from that. Maybe somebody right now is watching is like, no, 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 seriously, I love being single. I don't know. You've got to deal with that in your own heart. But God was telling me during this message that logistics says, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Just because someone foolishly approached a relationship doesn't mean that all relationships can't bring healing. Just because the same thing that hurts you hurts you multiple times doesn't mean that that very thing can't heal you multiple times. So as we're going through this, I wanna give you three points, these three words of wisdom that I have for you through this because I think this is really gonna help somebody. Let me make it real practical. The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Proverbs chapter 15, verse four. A, it, it just, I love how plain it is. And it says, the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, a tree of life. The tongue that brings it, you know, it's work to bring the groceries in, right? Like when someone's like, like when your mom's like, yo, I'm, I'm almost home. I need you to help me bring the groceries. And you're like, oh no, mom. Like to bring something, to, to bring your suitcase with you, like a heavy suitcase is work to bring it, right? It's work to bring life with your words. It's work. You know what's easy? Speaking an ill word about somebody. That comes out of your mouth effortlessly. It's easy to say the wrong thing, but it's work to bring life through your tongue. And I'll tell you what, I know this firsthand because I've made these mistakes. But the three points, number one is this, guard your heart against toxic words. We're gonna start here. Guard your heart against toxic words. Guard your heart against toxic words. Here's what it says. My son, 
pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. I'm trying to give you wisdom. This is Proverbs again. Above all else. So in other words, your highest priority in life, your ultimate, the apex of all priority, the number one thing on your list is this, guard your heart. No, no, you don't understand. I've got to make breakfast. I've got to take a shower. I've got to brush my teeth. If you've prioritized brushing your teeth above guarding your heart, you're not going to make it in this life. If you prioritize like, I, man, I put this outfit on. I'm going to flex today. I don't know how you're going to d- uh, translate flex in Spanish uh, or a- ASL. Is there sign language for flex? If you're trying to impress people with the way you look, but you haven't guarded your heart, the disgusting ugliness of an unguarded heart is gonna come through the nicest outfit you can purchase. It, if it says above all else, guard your heart. Why? For it is the wellspring of life. It is the wellspring of life. Now, let me define this wellspring of life. We have Saratoga Springs here in New York. And Saratoga Springs has uh, basically a wellspring that comes up and you can actually go up to these different stations they have and drink the water as it comes up out of that spring. And it's so good for you. It's got this mineral content and it's, it's, a, it's an incredible experience. But what happens is when your heart is diseased because you haven't guarded your heart, it's as if somebody pours a toxic substance into the wellspring because you didn't guard it. And then all of a sudden, all those who drink of what comes out of that spring begin to be poisoned by the toxicity that was emptied into it because we didn't guard the source. I wanna take you guys back to 9-11. Where were you? Where were you when 9-11 happened? Maybe some of you weren't alive. You heard about it in your classes. Maybe some of you remember that day. I worked off of Chicago's Lakeshore at the water department. And I spent my day every day cleaning out a big filter. So I had my waders on and I would have a shovel and I would be shoveling out all of the, the goo and the sludge that would come into this water intake off of Lake Michigan. And when 9-11 happened, I remember we were absolutely terrified at the idea that somebody was going to like raid that space and poison the water supply. That was like a real palpable fear that we had. And so I remember that we locked our gates down and we actually made our highest priority to protect the water supply. Because if some, the idea was that terrorists were going to come to the source of the supply and poison it there and kill off a mass amount of people. And so how much more your heart? How much more do you have to protect your heart from toxicity? Protect your life because that's the, that's the supply. It says the wellspring of life. And so when Satan wants to actually spread toxicity, he will always go to the source, which is your heart. And he, matter of fact, when, and this is, I'm gonna go a little bit deeper. As a matter of fact, see, there is a disciple. His name was Judas. And Judas was actually, his job as one of the disciples was to be the purse holder over the finances for Jesus' traveling ministry. And there was this woman that broke this spikenard vessel that was a multi-generational heirloom 
that would have cost over a year's worth of salary and dumped it upon Jesus' head in an extravagant act of worship. And when Judas questioned how that money was used, the Bible gives an account that Satan forcibly entered Judas' heart. Why? Guard your heart. It, on the surface, it looked like a financial issue. But if you could see in the spirit realm, what happened to Judas was a heart issue. It was a heart issue. Guard your heart. Why? For it is the wellspring of life. And so out of Judas, he began to get infected in a heart level. It was a heart issue. It was never about finances if, because it, it presented itself that way, but it was deeper. And so Judas, he out of that toxicity of his words, he began to go find the religious leaders. He began to go find the ones who he already knew hated Jesus. And the toxicity started flowing out of the heart of Judas. And then all of a sudden, Judas betrayed his Jesus, his Savior. And then when he got on the other side of it, he was holding those coins in his hand, encountering the moment that we encounter every single time that sin has completed its work in our life. When we have this realization, is this what I traded Jesus for? Is this what I traded Jesus for? Have you ever gotten out of the act of sin and you immediately have a moment of clarity and you say, is this what I traded Jesus for? Guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life and a heart issue that Judas had caused the poison that Satan seeded in his heart to leak into all of the religious leaders to where it wasn't even Rome that killed Jesus. It was his own Jewish people. And then Judas was left on the other side of that experience with a toxic, diseased heart, having a moment of clarity where he said, is this what I traded Jesus for? How many times do you start off in a church where the church is moving and God's doing great, incredible things through you and you're shoulder to shoulder and you're sweating together on the dream team and you're launching locations, but then Satan kicks the hinges of the door of your heart wide open and forcibly tries to enter with toxicity. And the same people that you cried together are now making you cry. The same people you labored with, now you're laboring against. How many times have we seen it happen in the local church where it's like, man, isn't this the guy that you slept on the floor next to during your mission trip? And now you don't even know what's happening in his life. But I believe that this message today is causing wisdom to come upon us to say we are going to guard our heart. And here's the, but here's the next thing. And I just need you to see this because this is not where the story ends. It says this, and, and I love this, I love this. We have an opportunity to do this. Number two in your notes, speak life-giving words to others every chance you get. Maybe in certain seasons we've been Judas, but it's time to be Jesus. Jesus hung on the cross, said, forgive them. They know not what they do. I'm, I'm gonna speak life even when I have every opportunity to speak curses. It says this in Ephesians chapter four, verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs. Isn't that so much like Jesus? He was dying on the cross 
And he says, I'm gonna speak words according to their needs. They need forgiveness, so that's what I'm gonna speak. How profound, how deep. He even fulfilled Ephesians chapter four, verse nine. And he said, I'm gonna build others up according to their needs, even when I'm in the greatest need. Even while I'm physically dying, I'm gonna speak words. I think oftentimes you hear people say, I'm gonna take a break. Take a break from serving. Take a break from ministering. Jesus, in contrast, is hanging on the cross saying, Father, forgive them because they need forgiveness. And we become this type of church that says, yeah, we're just a bunch of wounded healers. We're going through our own stuff, our own stress, our own anxieties, our own fear, our own financial problems. But hey, we're better together. And I'm gonna speak life over you. I'm gonna minister into the core of your heart. Last one is this, number three, speak life-giving words to yourself into your own circumstances. I want you to see this. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. If anyone, come on, everybody say that word watching online, anyone, anyone, you're an anyone. If you're watching right now, this is you. If anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will happen, it will. Everybody just shout, it will. It will be done for him. So number one, we guard our heart. Number two, we speak life-giving words to other people every chance we get. But then number three, we speak life-giving words to ourselves and to our own circumstances. You know, I was thinking about all the wedding ceremonies that I've done. And I love that sacred moment where I'm taking a couple through their vows. People are crying. People are, because this, just the act of watching someone completely devote their lives to someone else is such a tangible, covenantial act of love. But I was thinking about how often in those ceremonies we do 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient, love is kind, love is gentle. But then I had another thought. How many of us are patient with ourselves? How many of us are kind to ourselves? How many of us are gentle to ourselves? How many of us have gotten so much better at showing the love of God to others and yet we're so impatient with our own progress? We're so reckless and ruthless with ourselves. And what if somebody watching right now realizes that the way you talk to other people is just a reflection or maybe a small portion of the way that you condemn yourself. But I hear the Lord saying that he's declaring his word over you right now and he's imparting and releasing true identity to you right now and he's caressing your face right now. Some of you are feeling the warmth of the embrace of the Holy Spirit around you and you are gonna begin to speak life-giving words over yourself because you are simply going to start talking like your heavenly Father over you because he's declaring his word over you. He's speaking his word over you right now. And he's asking, will you sound like me in this next season? Will you sound like me in this next season? Your destiny is not Judas. Come on, your destiny is to be like Jesus. And I want to show you this word right now. 
Come on, somebody's going to get free. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. If anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea. What's your biggest obstacle right now? Is it anxiety? Speak to the mountain, go. What's your biggest mountain? Is it the fear that you feel thinking about trying at relationship again? I dare you to say, go. What's your biggest fear? Is it addiction that grips your heart? And that spirit of addiction becomes condemnation saying you'll never be a real Christian. You'll never belong in a church because those people aren't like you and you're not like them. What are the lies that have been built one rock at a time until it became a boulder that accumulated into a mountain? And when you speak to the mountain, go. You're speaking to the accumulation of years of lies. Every bit of rumble, every sedimentary, every bit of loose soil, every bit of lies go all at the same time. Now watch this. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Verse 35. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. Let me stop right there. This kind of redefines what it means to be evil. What if the only thing ever deposited in your heart was evil by someone else who is evil? And then you become evil because evil was the only thing deposited in you. I talk to people all the time. Their only interaction with family was toxic. Their only interaction with spiritual authority was toxic. Their only, it's like evil was being deposited into your heart. And so evil comes out of the overflow of your heart. But I want to show you what begins to happen. Sometimes when you have a glass that's full with dirt and filth, you have to keep pouring the water into it until something begins to occur called displacement. And displacement doesn't happen instantly, but it happens progressively. And as the water continues to be poured, all of a sudden it gets less cloudy. It becomes clearer. It becomes less toxic. And the more fresh water that's poured into it, all of a sudden displacement begins to occur and overflow. And I hear the Lord saying to someone right now that every broadcast, every service, every connect group experience, come on, every single dream, dream team experience. Every single time you worship and get into God's presence, there's a displacement of evil taking place. The Bible calls it sanctification. It means you're going from glory to glory to glory and God is just cleaning you out and it says this for out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him and the Lord is storing up his goodness and his mercy in you now come on I got I got one more thing I want to say this Valentine's Day if you're not in a relationship I'm asking you will you say sorry to yourself will you say I'm sorry and then will you respond I forgive myself I forgive myself. Come on, we're gonna learn how to be a church that heals. Let's start with ourselves. I forgive myself 
for the mistakes in my past. I forgive myself for taking detours and little journeys and side roads and shortcuts that led into more shortcuts that turned into the long way around to my purpose. I forgive myself, but I, I wanna take it deeper. If you're in a relationship right now in this moment, would you just say, I'm sorry? Husbands, would you go to your wives and just grab your wife's hand, look her in the eyes and just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Lord has forgiven me. I've forgiven myself. And now I'm asking, would you forgive me? Wives, would you ask your husband to forgive you? Just, I'm sorry. Say, I'm sorry. If you're watching this and you're a pastor, the Holy Spirit can actually highlight some congregation members that maybe you need to go to them and just say, I'm sorry if I failed you. I'm sorry if I hurt you. Use your words to heal. Bring life through an apology. Maybe there's somebody that you haven't spoke to in years, but this is the moment where God's goodness flows through you. But, but I love the word overflow in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, because what happens is you can't contain overflow. You can't contain overflow. Overflow is messy. Overflow doesn't happen in a restaurant because there's tablecloths and napkins and it's messy. Overflow is messy. See, forgiveness is a result of the messiness of overflow that happens in God's presence. It's like, you know what? I am so forgiven, not forsaken. I am so full of the spirit of the living God that this is gonna look messy, but I'm gonna have to say I'm sorry to some people I haven't talked to in a while. I'm gonna have to grab my wife's hand. This, this might not fit in my schedule right now. It might not be something that I anticipated, but I don't want to be toxic. I want to be free and I'm asking for forgiveness and I'm moving into that direction because of the overflow of God's presence. So as a team, I want us to just sing this song. I want us to just worship this service out. I'm about to pray right now, so just lift up your hands. If you're at the Indiana Watch Party, if you're watching, come on, in Ecuador, if you're watching in Honduras right now, wherever you're watching around the world, I want you to lift up holy hands. God, may your wisdom be deposited in overflow right now. God, may you heal and restore hearts right now, God. Lord, that you would just preserve and guard our hearts through this next season. And Father, I thank you for freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's begin to sing. Wow, I'm believing right now that God did something so incredible in your life. And let's not stop it here, y'all. Go download the V1 Church mobile app and join a connect group. And you're like, but I don't live in New York. You don't have to. We are a global church. You know what that means? You can actually uh, join a connect group digitally via Zoom and meet people all over the world. We've got uh, men's groups, women's group, young adults. I mean, literally anything you can think of. If you struggle with addiction, we have a Monday night addiction recovery group. So go ahead right now, search your app store for V1 Church, and I'll see you next week. Love you guys.